Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mackie and Judd right now. They're going to score two goals and lose four to two. Kenny, you're almost as negative as that damn Patrick Royce guy. I learned from the best. Hopefully Heather Fleck angry tweets you sometime this morning, too. (laughs) It's the first pitch. Kickoff. Tip time. Puck drop. The green flag. Teeing off. Mackie and Judd are on the air. Getting things started with something we like to call the opening bell. I think it's great to open at home. Um, You know, we were able to do that last year, and uh, you know, with our fans, uh, I think it's a great way to kick off the season. The grass will be perfect there yeah. in uh, in Lambeau, and uh, you know, typically that's not how it's been when we've played there late in the year. So uh, this this uh, I think that's a good deal too. I want to mock. mock. I want to mock. mock. All right, let's let's get we right into it. this. All right, we got to do two things: accountability session first and foremost, and then. We're going to pick the schedule right out of the gate. That's right. We're going to pick. And Kenny, you can stay if you want. Where are you going? Yeah, you want to break down the Vikings schedule? Want to pick the schedule? Viking schedule with us? Mr. Why Negative. Not? Week one. I just want home to say, against I was the in Niners. the room when Royce received that tweet yesterday, and he was beyond giddy. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Played yeah. right into his hands, didn't it? Yeah, totally. It made Played. his whole afternoon. <laughs> yep. Yep. His one-word response, by the way, to the Heather Fleck criticism, balance. Balance. All made right. our afternoon, too. It Which did. is not what he said off the air. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> sure it's not. And we will do maybe multiple segments on Royce versus Flex later on today. But uh, let's start off with an accountability session. Dave, do you have a, a copy of your mock draft from yesterday? Uh, your mock, I, mock schedule, schedule draft. I can get yesterday. one. Give me just a moment. Because I've got uh, it right here. I kept it, too. So, so Reavers... Reavers was was like Reavers nailed Lights the uh, Patriots, Seahawks, yes, like do- Dolphins stretch late in the year, Lions and Bears. He did fantastic. No cheating. Reavers didn't cheat. No, no, I don't. No think, cheating at all. Huh? There were a few leaks that came out throughout the course of the afternoon on the Viking schedule. I brought three or four, but well, as when far you as get I, three or four of those pillars, you can start to piece yeah, things together. I mean, there, there's a potential for some, but he still did very well for a guy that hadn't seen the entire schedule. Or is Reavers one of those guys who will go back and like change their mock draft after the, you know, after well, the after tough. the real schedule comes out? That's you don't want to change it to be a hundred percent, but change it to be like seventy five percent, right? So you can score points. Dem's fighting words right there. If you're right, Reavers unveiled his mock on air at five o'clock. I was listening very intently to it. 
I don't. I guess I don't know whether the one he online is different than the one he uh, gave on the air, but I assume it's the same. He posted the one online, yes. like at four thirty or something. Okay, well, so. I assume it's the and, same. Now. And I saw leaks uh, by that point in time. The Patriots game had leaked out uh, via a paper out east. Yeah, the pa- Packers, Patriots whole schedule was out. Yeah, the Packers wow. entire home schedule was out by that time. So that gave you the Vikings. So there were two or three Vikings leaks that he could have used to his wow. advantage. So so how did you do? So Forty ers home Packers. Uh, I think you nailed 49. No, you, you no. No, you Here's didn't. Here's the deal. No, no you nailed nothing. No, you, Eagle, right. Eagles were. Yeah. That, that smokescreen report of, what, a month ago that it would be Eagles-Vikings kicking off the season Thursday night. Yeah, which, by the way, is a write-that-down point off the board for me. Wow, that's The radio tough, report, too. Yeah. Don't trust those radio guys ever. That's really tough, and boy, it hoes me. Because, I mean, look after <laughs> that. I had it. Niners home. On the road at Packers. I had the kickoff to the schedule. If only the Eagles game game didn't host me. You were so wild on the right track with your excuses right now. You correctly predicted they'd play the Packers twice, too. I mean, you were on the whole schedule. Funny. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. He had, come, the, he had the Lions twice. I mean, come it was on, just Charlie out of Coyle. order. Come on, Charlie Coyle. Let's hear it. Let's hear why why you stunk. I didn't get any of them right. Okay. <laughs> but nothing. I got a lot close. All right, week two just shifted up to week one. Week three shifted up to week two. I had Miami late in the season. That's like a week off, as is the Detroit game. That's about a week off. Yeah, there's I no. Mean, was, this isn't really horseshoes and hand grenades. Nope. This is monster. So, the Green so Bay close. game, I was only one week off. Green Bay here. Yeah. I knew yeah. that only, would be prime only time. One, only one week off. Yeah. 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 It, it ain't time. horseshoes and hand grenades. Oh, Dave, Better luck next year. So disappointing. But regardless. We have to pick the schedule because now we know what it is. I'm going to go game by game. You guys will start Judd, Dave, me, and we'll, we're going to do this whole thing. You guys ready? Yes. I'm keeping score. Of Dave course. seems distraught right now it's that okay, he whiffed Dave. on the mock. Are you going to be able to no, recover it, mentally? It's all right, Dave. I feel like I didn't whiff on the mock. Uh, the NFL just changed it after they heard the mock because <laughs> they didn't want me to be right. That's very possible. Vince McMahon does that. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks, yeah. Lester Bagley. Exactly. You said president. WrestleMania was supposed to be here three years ago. Eagles Vikings. was supposed to be Thursday night to lead off the season. Dang, oh, it's uh, throw the Falcons in there. Blah. Yeah, exactly. All Bunch right. Jerks. Week one, it's a noon game on Sunday, September 9th <laughs> against the San Francisco 49ers who won their last six games last year. Mm-hmm. Judd Zolgad. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, was 5-0 and starting games for San Francisco last year. He is 7-0 and as a starter. He will be 7-1 and when he leaves U.S. Bank Stadium. Vikings victory. Correct. Vikings win. That's all I have to say. Ditto. <laughs> Niners have a tough schedule early on. They're going to get beat around a little bit early. People are going to start to doubt their trendy pick, but I think they emerge later on, uh, having been better for losing to the Vikings. Week two, the Aaron Rodgers revenge game at Lambeau Field. Vikings at Packers. I think it's too much for the purple. Uh, A-Rodge is still going to be very upset. He's going to avoid Anthony Barr this entire game. Win for the Packers. Loss for the Vikings. One and one after two weeks for the Vikings. (laughs) There's your big surprise. Vikings go into Lambeau. Win early. Packers love to struggle early in seasons. Vikings get him at a a good time. Uh, I'm conflicted on this game because they do struggle early in the season. They are struggling defensively and they've got fighting between Aaron Rodgers and front hours. I think Packers pull off a close one here. I'm going to go Vikings one and one home against the bills in week three. AJ McCarron. Are you serious? Two and one for the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's a no brainer. All right. I got to win too. <laughs> we got through that uh, week, week four here. This is, uh, this is the first primetime nationally televised game. It's a Thursday night and the Vikings have to travel to Los Angeles to face the Rams on Fox. And I am, 
outraged about this. You're sending me west to play in Los Angeles on a Thursday night, and that's a tough Rams team. Lost two and two. Yeah, you, you want them to travel like only short distances on Thursdays, or yeah, I would prefer. I mean, they, they I, are, would prefer it ain't like they're flying in a rickety Russian. I would prefer. You know. I I would prefer with one day of practice. I'd prefer going east, or I would prefer to stay in the central time zone. But I'm not, and I lose. This is the start of a two-game losing streak for the boys, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a tough game. Short rest. Uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills are gonna gonna beat you up in that victory at home, right? So you're gonna you're gonna lose to the Rams. All right, then you get ten days. Until your next game against the Eagles on the road, uh, that's a primetime primetime afternoon slot, three twenty-five Central Time on Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, a much closer game than the NFC Championship game, but still, I agree with Dave here. This is a loss. Carson Wentz beats you, and you fall to two and three. Wow. Yeah. And oh. panic. Is Zimmer fired at this point? Uh, just a hot seat. Okay. I got them three and two at this point, but uh, that is their second loss. And uh, oh boy, we're not only going to hate the Eagles, we're going to hate Joe Buck after this game. It's going to be great. Ten days to prepare for the Eagles, and also the entire off season of Mike Zimmer stewing, and that might be that might be Carson Wentz's first game back too. For all we know, I'm going to say Vikings win that game Ooh. and get revenge in Philadelphia. All right, home against the Cardinals. Sunday at noon, uh, week six. Th- this is the beginning of what's going to be a very prosperous stretch for the Purple. This is a victory over Sam Bradford, assuming he's still playing for the Cardinals at that time. Vikings win. I'm actually assuming he's not still playing at that time, he so it right. is a Vikings win. You know what? Yesterday when we were going through Dave's mock, I was looking for losses late in the year. Otherwise, I would have had him 15-1. and one. Sam Bradford's going to get broken in half. And I don't, who's, who's their backup right now? I guess whoever they draft they're, in the fir- late first I, I round, mid first round, draft somebody, yes, or whatever, not late first round, but whenever, yeah, it's going to be a disaster for Bradford. So Vikings win that game uh, at Jets week seven. This is a, a victory again. Uh, I you're I'm, hesitating. I am well. I'm guessing the Jets. I'm guessing that Teddy won't play, which would be a great storyline if he does. I don't think he does, and I think the Vikings go in and beat the Jets and go to four and three. Of course, they beat the Jets. They beat the Jets. The next one is interesting. Week 8, primetime, Sunday night football, NBC against the New Orleans Saints at U.S. Bank Stadium. I vacillated in a big way last night as I went through the schedule. I originally gave the Vikings a loss. I thought about it some more and flip-flopped myself into a Viking victory. So this is a third consecutive win on my schedule. It's a close one, but a win. Hear this sound? That's the window slamming shut when Stefan Diggs took the ball and scored against the uh, Saints in the playoffs. Saints are going to be down this year. Vikings crush. Yeah, that's. Uh, I agree with Dave on that. I think. Uh, I think that was their chance to win a second Super Bowl for Drew Brees. And boom, there's your window. window really shut. Slamming there. hard. Or was that a bird flying into one of the windows at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium? That's a common occurrence. Could have been either or. It's tough to tell sometimes. Uh, week nine, home against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions have never lost in U.S. Bank Stadium until week nine. That's amazing. When they, well, they've won, yeah, because they won two years ago on the uh, the field goal, if I'm not mistaken, and then last year they won. Anyway, they lose this game. Vikings win, and in my world, the Vikings have now won four in a row. Agreed. Finally, the Lions lose at the bank. Yeah, I mean, like that's. Beat the damn Lions at home, for God's sakes. They're going to win that game. uh, Then they get a bye week, and then they go at Chicago on two weeks rest on November 18th. Vikings are 6-2 against the Bears since Zim took the job. The Vikings are 2-2 under Zim coming out of the bye. The Vikings do not always play well at Soldier Field. I smell an upset here. 
I smell a Vikings loss at least. Wow, look at you right so now. So the winning streak comes to an end in Soldier Field, and the Vikings are 6-4. and four. This isn't the Furman segment. Stop doing so much homework. Vikings win. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, we got to get to Scott Stevens here in about yep. sorry. five sorry. minutes or so. Uh, yeah, Vikings are going to, they're not going to lose to the Bears this year, but I can, I can see your points there, Judd. All right, home against the Packers, week 12. Uh, this this will be the revenge game for the Vikings after Rodgers beat them in Lambeau and the Vikings rebound and win this game. Collarbone is still intact. Packers win. All right, so Dave's got three losses, Judd with four. I see Vikings, yeah, Vikings move to nine and two here with a win at home over the Packers. All right, at New England, at New England, prime afternoon slot there on uh, December 2nd. This is a season so far in my schedule of runs, wins, consecutive wins, consecutive losses at New England. We're hearing way too much about what's going wrong with the Patriots. The Vikings lose this game. They win it because... Tom Brady will not be playing in this game. He's retired? I don't know. Maybe he's hurt. He could, Who knows? Okay. So, uh, so many options. So maybe Leave it open-ended, Judd. Give yourself options. Could he be benched for poor play at that point in the <laughs> season? Happen. You never Brian know. Brian Hoyer, let's go. You never know. Uh, yeah, Viking, Vikings lose to Patriots. How about at Seattle the week after that? That's a Monday night game on ESPN Week 14. Tough place to play. Tough quarterback. Second loss in a row for the Vikings. They oh, fall to 7-6. and six. Mr. Negative there. Mm, that no, is no, awfully it, negative. It gets better. Hold on. Yeah, I don't feel good about that one. Seattle's not going to be any good, but for some reason, traveling too seems like a problem. Vikings lose. Okay. I've got them losing back-to-back games there as well. Let's go uh, home against the Dolphins on December 16th, Week 15. They win, right? They win, right? Win, win, win. 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 Let's go win, win, win. Uh, Now we get to at Lions in Week 16, Judd. Win. They go into Detroit and win. Yep. I have them losing that game, actually. Dave has them winning that game. And then Week 17, home against the Bears. Win, win, win. Yes. Although, why do they have to close every year? Can't we mix it up and get, like, the Packers well, or Detroit to end the season? At least three years in a row now, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, and four of the past five, Enough. I believe. It yes. should have been the Lions, yes. just like my mock said. It's, it's a win for all of us there? With, yes, it's a win. All right, and with that, Judd, 10-6. and six. Negative. It's, good. Phil, it's a tough schedule. 11-5 and five with kind of a slow finish there, which is going to lull the other teams into a false sense of security over the Vikings. And Dave, 12-4. and 12-4. For the Purple. 12-4. and four. I am still, I might change. Change. One of those losses might turn into a tie. I'll let you know if that changes in my mind. Dave Harrigan. Actually, the at Bears game after the bye week, that could be a, a muddled up, like 13 to 13. I, you're, you're eight minutes into Soldier overtime. Field, man. You're they deep just, in your own zone. You don't want to do anything there. risky. Definitely could see that happening. Scott Stevens. That's right. Former legendary defenseman in the NHL. Also uh, was a coach on Boudreaux's staff. Last he knows season. this team very well. Yes. He's going to join us when we come back here. We have a jam-packed show. 10 o'clock, a write-that-down session with an accountability session on top of it. Uh, We also have Game Show Friday, Chris Singleton on baseball and twins at 1130. Roycey versus Heather Fleck playing out on Twitter yesterday. Oh, we're going to get to that. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd are back. Man, that sounds good. On 1500 ESPN. There's plenty of fans and and everything, but uh, uh, every good team has to win usually one game on the road that's uh, very decisive and obviously tomorrow night's uh, uh, an important game. Well, whether it was a good atmosphere or a bad atmosphere, we could, at some point we've got to get a lead, you know, if we want to continue this thing. Uh, the earlier the better. I mean, I think we've been very good in the first period of all, of, of all the games, so 
you know, hopefully we'll continue to do the same. All right, Mackie and Judd Wild in a pretty familiar spot franchise-wise, tw- 20-ish years, and they've uh, frequently been down 3-1 and 2-0 in series. And actually, they've come back to win more series in those situations than a lot of franchises uh, would, would expect. Scott Stevens, Hall of Fame defenseman, Stanley Cup champion. He was an assistant coach with the Wild, and you can find him on NHL Network's coverage of the Stanley Cup playoffs. NHL Tonight airs live before and after every playoff game. You can also visit NHLnetwork.com for your local channel listings. Scott, thanks for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. So um, the Wild, uh, this this series against the Jets has been interesting with, with the Morrissey hit and Bruce Boudreaux taking issue and uh, kind of the back-and-forth swings. Do you still think there is any semblance of a chance that Minnesota can come back and force a Game 7? Well, if they're going to do it, it's going to be tonight. It's, uh, you know, with the Jets missing uh, Tyler Myers, Josh Morrissey, this is the opportunity for them to go in there and get a big win and, and bring us back to Minnesota, in my mind. Uh, but they're going to have to do it with a good hard forecheck, make that team defend, uh, make Bufflin turn all night, put pucks deep. And then, like they did in Game 3 when they won, they had lots of traffic on Hellebuck, and they kept him deep in the net. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you keep him deep in the net and don't let him see the puck, good things happen. Funnel pucks to the net, and I'm sure that's what Bruce Boudreau is talking about. Hey, Scott, what has to be the thought process here, too? Because it's it's a daunting disadvantage to, to be down 3-1, three, three to one, but you also can't go into tonight's game uh, trying to win three games in one night. So as a player, what, what has to be the, the mentality if you are going to start uh, that slow climb back to potentially win this series in seven? Well, just break it down one game at a time, one period of time. That's the mindset you have to have and, and play your best game and everybody do their job. I mean, it's, there's no secret to it, but uh, you can't look at the big picture. You look at the big picture and just be demoralizing. Look at the small picture one uh, one period at a time, break it down to five-minute segments, and uh, everybody go, go out there and be, the, be at their best. And uh, uh, that's, how, that's how you get back in a series. And uh, it's just one game. And like I said, the table set for them to, to go out and, and take this game here in Winnipeg. What in your mind, too, did the loss of Ryan mean to this team just as far as the backbone of your defensive core being gone for the series? Well, it's tough. I mean, he's uh, you know he's a great all-around defenseman, does everything so well, defends so well, especially when you're playing one of the best offensive teams in the league, to not have him back there defending and moving pucks up the ice. And uh, we know how good he's been on the power play this year. Um, as a quarterback, he's picked up a lot of assists and moves the puck very well. So... That's a huge loss, but uh, some other young guys have really stepped up and played well. I mean, Nick Sealer, I mean, he's been uh, very, very good, and he's been getting under the skin of uh, a lot of Winnipeg Jets, especially Patrick Laine. He's been uh, hard on him, and I don't think people like to play against him, and uh, they got a nice one in him. He's been playing really good, and uh, you have to like his the way he's come along here after playing just 25 regular season games, and then you got Susie too. So uh, some good bright spots uh, for the Minnesota Wild. Even though Ryan Sear got gets hurt, you, you get a chance to see what some young players can do. And like I said, Sear has been very impressive. Hey Scott, what, what was your uh, perception of of Suter going into l- last year when you had uh, seen him play? I'm sure quite a bit, but hadn't coached him, and then get, getting the opportunity for a year to coach him. Well, it's pretty nice to to be behind the bench and have a guy that you can put out there for 25, 26 minutes and get the job done. And that's what he does. He's very strong. Uh, he wins one-on-one battles. He defends well. Uh, he moves the puck well. He joins the play. So um, it was a lot of fun to have him back there and quite a luxury as a coach to have a player like him. What about Dumba? We've, we've talked so much about Dumba, and I think one of the, one of the biggest 
points of discussion that we've had fans and media this season about Dumba is weighing offensive productivity versus you know giveaways. And if you look at oftentimes the, the, the players who give the puck away the most often are really good players. I mean, Brent Burns has led the league in giveaways the last couple of years, and Matt Dumba's high on that list. In your experience with him and watching him, what's your assessment of Dumba overall as a player? Well, he's got great skill. I mean, he skates well. He's got a good first pass. He's got that shot that you have to respect. And it's just about managing the game. I think Matt's learned that. He's even talked about it. you got to manage your game. And, uh, you know, you, you have to understand the situation. You have to understand the time and score. All those things factor into not turning pucks over and playing the right way. And I think he's taken big steps this year uh, with uh, Bob Woods back there. He's done a nice job with, with Matt. And Matt's taken on a bigger role. And he's really accepted that responsibility. And if you watch Matt play, it's just as long as when things start going really good and going good, you got to realize that you still have to make good decisions and you can't just keep pushing the pace, pushing the pace. There's a time to go and there's a time to, to, to stay back and there's also a time to make the easy play. And sometimes when things start going good for Matt, he wants to make the big play all the time and it doesn't work in this game. So managing the game for Matt is his biggest obstacle, but I think he's doing a fantastic job. And I've... Uh, I've watched Minnesota closely because I've you know, still have a lot of close friends there, and I think his games take another step, and I think he's really learned that part of the game about how to manage the game and make less mistakes. Yeah, Scott Stevens is with us here on Mackey and Jetty. He's a Hall of Fame defenseman. You can find him on NHL Network, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and NHL Tonight running for the next several weeks, obviously. Uh, when, when you think back to your 200-plus playoff games in your two-decade career, what did you take the most joy in? What what were the things that gave you the most joy on the ice? I mean, for some people, it might be scoring goals. For a defenseman, it might be, you know, some sort of a defensive player or lighting someone up. When what gave you the most joy in any given game, Scott? I would say defending and shutting down the other team's best players. Uh, that was the best part of of playing and winning championships because I really still believe defense wins championships. So I really relish those opportunities of uh, keeping the best players on the other team off the scoreboard and then still chipping in the offense every once in a while. And uh, that was fun, obviously, uh, being physical. Uh, I love this time of year. You see everybody is physical. Everybody's taking the body. Everybody hits. Guys that don't have a lot of hits during the regular season, all of a sudden they become hitters. So I think you can really um, you can really um, uh, get in people's heads, play physical, deter them from going to certain areas on the ice, make them do things quicker than they want to do at this time of year, and just make them want to go away and go home uh, by being physical. So I... It's, a, it's the best time here to be playing the game. But for me, it's shutting down the other team's best uh, best players. When you, If you do that, you have a good chance of winning hockey games. So, uh, Scott, that being said, what what are your thoughts on, on the, the sort of fine line that the league is walking right now in trying uh, to crack down on headshots? Do you, do you like where, where this is going, or are you getting uh, a little bit um, not scared, but but concerned that, that they're trying to take uh, checking too much out, out of the game because there are potential headshots that are now getting guys suspended? Well, it's a fine line. I mean, we're, we're going to have these conversations to, in the next 20 years. We'll still be talking about the same thing. You know, is that a legal hit? Was that not a legal hit? I think the onus is on the players to make the right hit. And uh, you watch some guys, when they go for a hit, they... They don't, they don't want to take contact themselves, so they sort of go for the glancing hit. Yes. And when you don't go for the center of the body, you're going to only ask for trouble. But there are players out there, this is my theory, that they, tro- they try to go for the glancing hit so they don't take the contact. Because as we know, uh, any physical player, when you give contact, you're actually taking some, some brunt of the blow. And for me, 
if you're a hockey player and you line up with the center of the body on a hockey player for your hit, only good things will happen. But if you're trying to just get a glancing blow, bad things happen. You're going to end up getting chin and getting head. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Hartman's a prime example on Soderberg the other night. There's no reason for him not to get more body on that hit. Soderberg was basically a sitting duck standing still. So that was an easy hit for me to get to the center of the body on Soderberg. And uh, he got suspended for one game, probably should have got more. What I don't get is, and I've seen this two or three times so far in this round, the spears to the groin. What What is that all about? Well, I've been, uh, you know, uh, on the network, I've been talking about discipline. And, you know, discipline has really been lacking yeah. in these playoffs. And I've seen that you see the power plays are up. And I just don't understand that in my day, when we talked about winning championships as a group in that dressing room, the first thing that was on the board was always discipline, uh, taking a punch and turning your cheek. Uh, that's, that's toughness. Uh, toughness isn't this garbage, spearing guys in the groins, groin, slashing guys behind the legs. That's just losing hockey. You lose your focus on what, what the job at task is. So for me, I've been a little disappointed with the discipline in the games and, you know, because it's such an important part of winning and I'm not just talking about discipline, not taking penalties, discipline, how you play the game. And uh, that's been lacking in these playoffs as far as I'm concerned. You, you started your career in Washington. You played several years in Washington. And, and they did just even the series. So they're, uh, so, so it's, not, it's not dire anymore in the first round for them. But what, what needs to happen for Washington to finally cash in and win a cup one of these years? It, it, they feel like, the, like we, make fun of the, uh, we make fun of them for being the hockey Vikings, where it's like they're good year after year, but they just keep coming up short before winning the Stanley Cup. What needs to happen? Well, if you watched last night's game, I was very impressed with their game. I thought that series was a sloppy series, very undisciplined series. And I thought last night uh, the Washington Capitals really took charge of that series. They defended very well. And once again, I go back to defending. The Washington Capitals will have no trouble scoring goals to win, but they need to defend well. And then they got Holpe back there who's playing really good right now as he comes in relief for Grubauer. But for me, it's all about defending. They have enough guys that can score goals. If they're committed to the play and defense, and blocking shots and playing the right way. They can move on, they can win, and they did that last night. They only gave up 24 shots, which is very impressive in Columbus, which is a very difficult building to play in. So uh, if I'm Barry Trotz, I'm pretty excited about the way the guys played, but they have to come back with a re- repeat performance back home where they've lost the first two games. If they can, if they can continue the, on playing the way they did last night, I think they can get by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And Scott, if there's something from your time playing the, the game that's now gone that, that you would like to see put back in or come back, what would that be? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, geez, you know, I, I always talk about this, and I don't know if it'll happen. I, I talk about the red line, and um, I think the red line being gone has really simplified the game, and uh, you can make that one pass from your far goal line to the far blue line, which takes a bit of the creativity away from the game. Not as much east-west, not to having to work to get that red line. I guess for me, I know a lot of people won't like me saying that, but I think the red line would be uh, make the game better, slow it down, uh, less injuries, and um, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, bef- before we say goodbye, Scott Stevens, and we appreciate your time, do you have – what what's – a safe for radio Jacques Lemaire story or anecdote or just your, your favorite memory of Jacques Lemaire or a, some sort of a speech. Is there something you can share with our audience? Uh, Jacques Lemaire related. <laughs> you know, Jacques was pretty, 
he was just pretty low key, quiet, serious, uh, not 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 one to make a lot of jokes. Uh, but the the best one this uh, I'll tell you was we we were struggling as a team, and we weren't playing very well. And we were up in Colorado for a bit of break of a break. We lost to the Colorado Avalanche. We were we went to Vail for a while as a team, and we had a meeting. And Jock was asking everybody in the room what happens when you have a losing streak and you know some guys one guy would say well you know players get traded and you know everybody you know had their say he went to Valerie Zelopukin and Zelopukin said to Jacques coach get fired <laughs> and we, it was such a funny moment and Jacques was laughing and uh, so that's my funny story of Jacques he thought it was great and at that point the meeting was over and we went on and started winning hockey games again but it was just priceless to hear Zalapukin's Russian accent. Coach get fired. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's awesome. Uh, Thank so you. True. So that was yeah. Bajak was a good coach, but that was my that was the story with him, and he loved that. He'll still remember that to this day. That's my. I, I it was the, everybody's crying laughing. Yeah, Scott Stevens. Thank hey, you, we, Scott. we appreciate the time. Go Great check stuff. out Scott on NHL Network during the playoffs for sure. Thank you, man. Okay, you're welcome. Take care. All right. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, he's man, he's a legend. 20, 20 years. Go back uh, if if you didn't watch him play, go on YouTube and look at at the hits, particularly the one on Lindros when when Stevens was playing for the Devils. He uh shall we say blew people up. Yes. Yes. He 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 ta- he makes hits now that probably would have got disciplinary hearings on a consistent basis. Uh, but yeah. he was a hell of a player. Uh, that's also a dude who played 233 career postseason games over 21 or 22 years. Yes. So yep. knows what he's talking about when it comes to, to playoff hockey. All right. We, uh, we still have write that down predictions in about 25, 30 minutes from now and an accountability session. Uh, later on, we'll get to Chris Singleton. We'll talk some twins with him. And it's Game Show Friday. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. You guys are all encompassing. Mackie and Judd. You can listen to this for a little bit of pop culture, a little Correct. bit of uh, what's hip in the city. On 1500 ESPN. Well, whether it was a good atmosphere or a bad atmosphere, we could, at some point we've got to get a lead, you know, if we want to continue this thing. Uh, the earlier, the better. I mean, I think we've been very good in the first period. Of all, of, of all the games. So, you know, hopefully we'll continue to do the same. I've got some potentially bad news for the oh, no. Wild and their game tonight, Game 5, Ooh. against the Jets in Winnipeg. Tyler Myers, who uh, set out the last game after being hit in the knee by Marcus Foligno in Game 3, and I was assuming would not play, is taking part in the morning skate for the Jets. So there's a chance that he's going to play, which means the, the loss of Morrissey is a big deal, but if Tyler Myers comes back... That's going to make it even more difficult to win game five. Well, good luck to uh, to the Wild. Well, I think if they win game five, I'm not – I mean, that's a big if. I mean, what what's what's their percentage chance to win tonight? The like, Jets basically don't lose at home. So that's 30% chance to win tonight? It's probably very low, yes. But if you can cash in tonight, you feel pre- – maybe Winnipeg tightens up a little. Like, there's all kinds of narratives you could yeah. go down here, but – yeah. Like, obviously, Game 5 changes the entire series if you win it or lose it because it's over. So, the Pioneer Press did, not breaking news. The Pioneer Press did the story today about how the, the Wild in 2003 came back from 3-1 down twice. Yeah. The difference then was there was zero pressure. Like, that 2003 team made the playoffs, and they were thrilled. Mm-hmm. And then they got down 3-1 to, to the Avs and said, oh, let's try and win. Uh 
the Jets are the favorite team, so so the Wild doesn't have more pressure than the Jets do. But I do feel like this, this Wild team now being an established team that has expectations feels more pressure. Sure. I had an epiphany, and that was that was awesome having Scott Stevens on the show. He's Scott Stevens is one of the greatest defensemen in the history of the NHL. I mean, he is the guy played in 233 playoff games. He's a Hall of Famer. He's got uh, I believe it's three Stanley Cup championships with the Devils mm-hmm. from the mid 90s to the early 2000s. And he played until he was about 40 years old, assistant with the Wild. And I had this epiphany while we were talking to him. And as we started asking questions like, you know, what's one thing that you would change going you know, going back? And he said, well, I would uh, put the red line back in basically to make it harder to – to I'd slow, muddy it up is yes, kind of what I'd, he was saying. Yes, and I'd go back to the hockey. And we got to talk about Jacques Lemaire, and I realized Scott Stevens is a primary reason why I don't enjoy hockey as much as I could. You don't have fond memories of the whistle blowing for a two-line pass, Phil? <laughs> or the neutral zone trap oh, that yeah. those Devils teams cashed the in le- on for 10 years? The left-wing lock. But like, was my so, favorite. So scoring in the NHL was on a decline. It was the, the average team goals per game mm-hmm. in the early 1980s when Wayne Gretzky was skating circles around uh, players for the first time was four goals per game. In the middle of the New Jersey Devils... Run there for because they they won their first cup in the mid like ninety five and then they and they were one of the best teams in the league for like the next ten years or something right and it was cut down to two and a half goals like the the average game in the NHL was like two to two to one three to two yes and specifically Jacques, because of Scott Stevens and Jacques Lemaire. and Jacques perfected that <laughs> well Jacques absolutely so like we're interviewing this legend I'm thinking dang you're the reason why I'm you're, kind of you're, kind of bored like with it. hockey these why days why do I like your sport. <laughs> and he's saying, and I and I'm saying, okay, the the rules have been changed quite a bit now. What would you put back in? And he said, I'd slow it down again. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, he's thinking yeah. from his perspective. And and one of the other questions we asked him was, you know, what what brought you the most joy in a hockey arena, hockey rink, and and you know, rightfully so, as any defenseman would say, stifling opposing. That's his job to stifle the opposing superstars from mm-hmm. from scoring chances and scoring. I just found that kind of funny. I'm sitting there like, ah, this is an awesome guest, and Scott. I next thing, quite frankly, resent what he did to this game. You're why I don't the, like and, your sport. And Jacques Lemaire. You're yeah, they won a bunch of cups and it worked for them. It's a lot like the 2004 Pistons and you know those Spurs teams that made the NBA unwatchable for like you five know, years. Yes, this is. The, the Devils of that era, which were a fantastic team, but that team, it's like if you if you were to sit down Tibbs and, and Butler right now and say, okay, gentlemen, you can build whatever type of team that, that you want, and both of them would say, let's just start with defense. Let's just start. Butler's still talking about, I got to play more defense. The offense might come, I really don't care, but the defense, the D. De- so that era of of hockey was essentially what Tibbs and Butler love, yeah. which is let's just focus on stopping people. Another team too that jumps to mind: really good teams that were borderline unwatchable and made you resent the sport. The Wisconsin Badgers, the Dick Bennett, oh. and then eventually Bo Ryan, Wisconsin Badgers, to slow it down as much as possible. Oh my God! The '90s NBA grind you to a nub. The '90s NBA and what the NHL disintegrated to before the lockout in 2005 are similar, similarly unwatchable products. The the only good thing about when when hockey lost an entire season in I think it was 2004 five was they came back and they knew that they couldn't come back as they were, and so they got a bunch. They changed a bunch of rules, and it, it was in, interesting because when they did come back. In two thousand five six, 
There were a lot of, of veteran players who had been around forever who played in the new league yeah. and immediately retired. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, whoa, whoa, this is way <laughs> too fast for me. I'm 34 years old. I'm 35. I'm done. There was a group of guys who said, who after about 20 games said, peace out, gentlemen. Yeah. Have fun with this new product. That's hilarious. But, um, yeah, Scott Stevens and, that style, and Jacques Lemaire and that style of play are a primary reason why people like you say, uh, you what are you doing? Yeah, it is. It, it, there's not many sports or or even many like players. I, I don't long for the old days very much. And for me, the old days are like the 80s and 90s because I'm not that old. But I don't think I'm ever going to be a guy who longs for 90s football. Or I, I'm going to long for everyone. People rave about well the 90s basketball, Jordan. Those games. No. Go, look at the scores of some of those games. No. 87 to. 79, like go, Bulls and Pacers. Go back and watch. I, I think Jordan was playing baseball, but go back and watch the uh, Rockets-Knicks series. It's awful. Go look at the Knicks. Uh, go look at a Knicks roster from the mid-90s. And t- like what, what Anthony Mason, other than rebounding once in a while and setting screens, and he was one of the he was an like, enforcer. top players, right? Yes. He was an enforcer. Exactly. Oakley. Yes. They, they were enforcers. Charles Oakley. Like, those guys wouldn't get on a court now. Bill Cartwright. Yes. They enfor- they enforced. Yes. But I do sort of long for at least the scoring climate of hockey. It's it's one of the only sports that was except for the NBA like 10 years ago that was just vastly more offensive long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh the NBA was very offensive in the 80s and then took a dip in the 90s early 2000s and now it's back to being teams are scoring. Go look at some of these scores like last night the Sixers and Heat were tied at 97 going into the fourth quarter, whatever it was. And so you're back to that old day scoring. So um, if if you could go back and, and bring me five to four games that Scott Stevens and the Devils ruined in the mid-90s with their neutral zone trapping. Yeah. And it and it, the, it led to Stanley Cup championships. I love. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be all in. I, I love the history of sports and, and love th- thinking back to games that I watched as a kid. But if you ever want to be cured about truly saying, I'd like it to go back, watch any of these league-owned channels when they show old games. Slow go back. speeds. The, the 1980s hockey that, that you talk about, and statistically was great because goals were scored, go back and watch those players play. It looks, it honestly, compared to now, it looks like they're skating in slow motion. It looks like they're all smoking cigarettes. Like, well, you know, ca- casually. Between periods. Yeah, Gila Fleur used to light up between periods. Yeah, but if you go back and watch old school baseball, hockey, football, you're cured immediately of saying, "Man, I'd love to go back to that time." Oh, yeah, uh, although I would like to see pitchers bring back that big leg kick from like the 1940s. And here's Lefty Grove on the, well, mound, the 40s, and, is, like where you just lift yeah. your leg straight up in the air. You sway, you sway back and forth. Oh, look at that, Lefty Grove. Oh, yeah. ten, <laughs> 10 strikeouts against the mighty White Sox. That's uh, quite a feat, Lefty. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 if you want to uh, chime in. Wild down 3-1. Scott Stevens. Are there any sports that you would that you prefer from the olden days? Like, I kind of prefer the scoring climate of hockey in the old days. Also, the NFL may have shockingly listened to complaints I feel like they don't often listen. Now, they listened on the catch rule thing, yeah. and now they've listened on something else as well. And uh, we can take phone calls, 651-646-8255, and a write-that-down session in about 15 minutes. 
Please listen carefully. Mackie and Judd now continue. Let's go, people. Let's get it going. On 1500 ESPN. Save the date. It's the fourth annual Town Ball Classic returning to Target Field Sunday, May 26th, presented by 1500 ESPN and the Minnesota Twins. They start at 10 a.m. with Class C action, followed by the Class B and Class A games. All of them broadcast right here on 1500 ESPN. And if you want to go check out the action in person, just $10 gets you in the door and gets you in the door. You can stay all day long. Proceeds from the event benefit the Twins Community Fund. For more info or to purchase your tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. All right. Thank you, Dave. Get to our write that down predictions pretty soon here. Uh, the NFL has listened to fans and media a couple times this offseason, which is encouraging. We can get to that too. But 651 646 8255, we're talking about whether we prefer sports from previous eras. Like some people preferred, uh, I don't know, preferred uh, basketball in the 90s, which I think is. I don't know how. More of a romanticized uh, memory of what the 90s were with basketball. Jordan was awesome, but like. John Starks? <laughs> I mean, sorry. 651-646-8255. Steve, what's going on? God, yeah, I just love this conversation. 80s basketball and hockey were both such a superior product to what we had today. And maybe it was just my age at that point, but I absolutely loved watching North Stars, Blackhawks, Blues playoffs from the 80s. They're so much better than they are today. You'd see, uh, you know, Willie Plyke commit a... Uh, class two felony on any given night and <laughs> did you really like that or were, oh, i loved it were you young like me and you think that it, it was great yeah that is very possible yeah yeah <laughs> i saw i saw in willie putt's first home game against detroit uh, after they got him from calgary i remember he went behind the net and, and obviously at the time did not wear a helmet and greg stefan was the red wings goaltender and stefan took his stick and sort of hit Plett on, on the head a little bit and then went back to his goal and if you recall willie stopped behind greg and took a two-handed baseball swing at stefan's head knocking his helmet off and got himself suspended for eight games which in the yeah. 80s took an act of god so that was the type of stuff Jesus. that i look back on fondly but really wasn't that I good you guys it's not even about the actual sport it's just about like someone was committing a damn felony it in the was middle assault. of why don't you just, you can just televise a street corner in Brooklyn and you guys if they're dressed up in breezers you guys but would I mean, watch it i you know <laughs> it's it's fun to talk about and and it was great to go to the games and at that age you love the players but i don't think the product was superior well I'll, let me so steve to your point about about the nba and this is what i and i've been a i've been an nba fan like my whole life and and so i i grinded through some of the really down years like the post jordan years where they were it was low scoring defensive garbage and there wasn't michael jordan it was terrible uh the average score for one single team in the 1980s, was it was between like 108, 110. So it was this yeah. free-flowing, offensive-style, Showtime Lakers, Celtics, wide open, defense optional. It was fun to watch. It was a golden age. Uh, oh, and he, then, it, But then he, here's my point. The last two years are much closer to that. The average score is about 106 points. It's much more open and flowing. So if you liked 80s basketball, the last two years are getting much more closer to that than, than at any point. You know what's amazing is, too, is what were the best three-point shooters back in the Larry Bird days? They didn't. I love the Celtics. I bet you they were shooting low 30%. Yes. There wasn't many guys, so how were they scoring that amount of points? Did they attempt them? A lot of teamwork. No defense. Yeah, it was. I think it was, uh, well, I mean, they were... They were just much more efficient from 18 feet, and they and they took a lot of those shots, and they probably worked early in the shot clock to get up to 110 points. The, is my thing, guess. the thing to keep in mind, too, is that, that pre-Bird and 
Magic in that league. In 1979 into 80, I believe, CBS had the NBA rights, and the finals were on tape delay. Yeah. Nobody gave yeah, it to well, him. Yeah. No one yeah. cared. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Remember World Be Free? Of course I remember World Be Free, yes. <laughs> great, great NBA player. So, and 70s NFL, I'm saying it's the best, too. Oh, man, <laughs> oh, my God. You're I, I, I got to draw a line there. Steve, You're thanks romantic. for the call, man. Kenny Stabler. Uh, 70s NFL, where the average quarterback threw 94 interceptions. And, and was fat. Smoked cigarettes in the huddle. Uh, Paul, what's going on? 70s NFL today was better than the NFL oh, today. Yes, today. <laughs> amen. You're looking live. Hi, yes, Phyllis. Exactly. Uh, a couple <laughs> things. Number one, I need a mulligan on my write that down prediction with the Wild and the Jets because I made that prediction before Parisi was hurt. So I, I, I think I get a do over there, don't I? No. Well, let's bring it to the committee here. Let's bring it to the committee. It's All right, an official well, appeal. <laughs> absolutely um, bleeping not. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> All right, Judd. No, no way. Judd says no. Sorry, Paul. I love you, uh, but you don't get a mulligan. For the record, uh, Paul, I totally would have given you a mulligan, but these two guys are, these two guys are I don't know, negative. Uh, a couple things. Uh, I think sports was better than because of rivalries. You don't have rivalries today. Everybody loves each other and gives them a pat on the back. Even even in hockey, after they beat each other bloody, uh, you know they're hugging. There's no rivalries where teams hate teams anymore. Uh, the Celtics, Lakers, uh, North Stars, Blackhawks. That is missing from sports. And and I'm not talking about Golden State playing Cleveland three years in a row. That's not a rivalry where they hate each other. Uh, uh, that, to me, is what's missing today uh, as far as uh, interest for, for sports. But I do have a question about the Wild for both of you. Are the Wild uh, in danger of becoming the 1990s Braves, where they make the playoffs every year, but because they rarely get to the pinnacle, if and the Wild haven't, the apathy that sets in among the fans. There is no outrage this year, from what I can tell, outside of a couple people on Twitter. Outside of me, you know, Paul, I think no you're, I think outrage. you're, you're giving the Wild a little too much credit. I think the, the the Braves had legendary figures, at least in a in a legendary pitching staff. I think the Wild have become the Ron Gardenhire era Twins, where they're just good enough to get in, but it's a staff of like number three starters, no ace caliber you pitchers. Know what they are? Once Johan left, and now you're just going to get smoked by the Yankees. They are the 80s Atlanta Hawks. Well, I'm, I'm talking more about that's the amazingly fans obscure. Themselves. Dominique Wilkins and those teams. No, but 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 the Hawks. No, were no, no, this. no, no. They're the 90s. The Hawks. They're the 90s. No, hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the the Atlanta Hawks in the 80s were always this sort of were a very good team, and you were always thinking they're going to pop up. And guess what? There were always superior teams. They're the, dude, they're the they 90s didn't. Steelers. The 90s Steelers. I'm just telling you, they're the, they're the Atlanta Hawks of the Dominique Wilkins years. I'm, the January of 88 about, Pacers. Guys, I'm talking more about how the fans look at them. The Braves were not selling out the National League Championship Series after a while. They were empty seats because the fans just got, all right, we're in the playoffs again, big deal. And I got a feeling that's what's going on with the Wild here. There's no outrage as to what's going on with yeah. the Wild. Uh, which is I bad agree. for the wild. Yeah, hey, Paul, thank you. We're, we got to take a break here, but um, yeah, I mean, it's we're used to it by now. And this feels like you, Koivu is like thirty-five now, and Parisi, and like these guys are coming back from but they're pretty comes, severe injuries now next year. Yeah, too. but there there also comes a point where going to the playoffs is expected, and if you can't make a run, then people just get bored. They check yeah. out.
And the Wild's still going to have their fans who buy their jerseys and love them. But as far as expectations go, eventually you say, okay, you've made the playoffs now, what, four, five, six consecutive years, so do something. Mm -hmm. And when you don't, people just, they would move on. I think they're like the 70s White Sox. You know, you can make fun of me all you want, but the Atlanta (laughs) Hawks comparison is really good. That that was very much the same type of team. super obscure, but yeah. I'm sorry. It's still accurate. <laughs> I don't know what you want. No, no, no. You guys, no, the the Hawks of the of the 80s. I, Maybe you just don't love sports enough, Phil. Maybe that's why it's obscure to you. I used to watch I'd the like Hawks to to the all the 80s. time on uh, on TBS yeah. in the 90s. Mookie Blaylock. Yes. Uh, Stacy Ogman. Yeah. Should have oh, watched yeah. them in the 80s. Yep. I guess clearly. Yep. When they had Dominique Wilkins, great let's, player. Let's make some predictions when we come back. Write that down, Mackie and Judd.